Hello, I'm Izzy Wells and welcome to Hot Stuff, where we discuss current hot topics that we think deserve your attention. From social issues to popular culture, we'll be keeping you up to date on relevant and unique Taiwan-related content every Tuesday. Today's guest on Hot Stuff is Dr. Chen. I hope you enjoyed listening to part one of our interview last week and today I will bring you part two. Dr. Chen is currently a professor at Shizhen University in the Graduate Institute of Gender Studies. Her research areas have always been tied very closely with gender and law. So we're going to be getting into more LGBTQ plus related issues today. I hope you enjoy. So your research also covers LGBTQ plus issues. So I'm interested to talk about this. Back in 2019, same-sex marriage was legalized in Taiwan, making it the first country in Asia to do so. So what was it about Taiwan and its conditions that meant this was able to happen? I, I do think the women's movement set up the really good foundation for the same-sex marriage. Imagine in the civil law privilege we talk about, a man has all the rights. So who is man, who is women, is make a great difference in mm-hmm. the civil law. Men have all the rights and women have less rights. Imagine women's movement kind of slowly change civil law, criminal law to make men or women, with regardless your gender, you have the equal rights. So when the same-sex marriage issues were brought up, I think the system is ready. Mm. Two persons get married. When they get married, then they, the, the rights doesn't matter who is man, who is woman. And also, I do think uh, women's movement, one of the focus is to deconstruct the heterosexual normality like within the system, within the children's rights or the partnership. In the past, people would tend to think, okay, men and women, they get married and have children and have wonderful life. But then if you just look a little bit further, then you will say, ah, oh, we need love, care, we need time to spend with each other. All those subs- substantial factors are the real, are more important than men and women, the differences. For example, in my family, whoever takes care of the children, then he is a good caretaker. Whoever can bring back home, yeah, the bread or the rice, <laughs> doesn't matter is the men or women. No, so I I do think women's uh, movement subtly, maybe not in the front, but subtly, gradually deconstruct this men women binary system, and that lay out a good foundation to say, okay, let's focus on yeah, people have a different sexual orientation. They mm-hmm. wanted to spend the rest of their life from the other person. Doesn't matter the gender, the sexual orientation, and all that. And what about in terms of Taiwan being a relatively young democracy? Yes. Do you think that had a big influence on change being able to happen and why it was one of the first in Asia? Wow, that's very interesting. I don't know. But my instant reaction is yes, because when you are a young democracy, you pay a lot of attention to say, okay, we want the basic rights to be protected by the mm-hmm. constitution doesn't matter no actually the so then we started to build out our independent judicial system we wanted to be 
to be working system so people can use it and then to solve their conflicts and all that. Mm. And, and freedom, of course, it's a very difficult word and it could be a very simple word. So when you go back to the freedom and equality and also you wanted to show maybe ourselves and then to the world, you are a constitutional democratic countries and maybe that somehow push us forward, but maybe culturally further than we can actually accept. Sometimes <laughs> I could not help wondering. Yeah, it's an interesting point that we should touch on there about how, you have, as you've written, that you know you can change the law, but you can't necessarily change culture and the way that people think and have been thinking for however many generations. Yeah, because when I was young and innocent, I thought, okay, if I study law, and I figured this all out, right? And yeah. then we can reconstruct the system. <laughs> <laughs> Everything will be fine. <laughs> but now I think, okay, I think I was too naive. Culturally, culture, it takes time and then it requires a common uh, consensus that to build over the time. But the martial law was lifted only in 1987 and all the social movement was very kind of booming afterwards till today we have actually very short time to exercise so-called freedom doesn't matter it's sexual rights or the rights to participate in the politics and all that but since we learn okay if you are a constitutional democracy you need to protect the basic rights and we have our court system we have our grand justice we have we have very strong civic society. In my opinion, I think I, I'm happy to be a part of it. And then we exercise, we try. We take the cases to the court and knock on the door and say, is this okay? Is this really constitutional? And fortunately, things are slowly changing because we can argue, we can uh, reason. So legally, I think it happens probably would be faster than the culture. The, the, the culture you know Taiwan I think is still a hierarchical society so imagine in the university or in your working setting you wanted to argue with your boss usually sometimes they don't give you any reason no? mm -hmm. they just say do it but in court it's different you have to say why why do you have this uh, restriction in the police officer exam saying that women has to be taller than 160? Why do you have this height limitation? You have to explain. But in the working setting, they just said, sorry, you cannot participate in, the, in this exam. So I think a young constitutional democratic country does help us to push forward all those human rights cases. But culturally, we need more time to understand what does that mean. For a lot of my friends, some of the same-sex uh, couple, they were right now thinking, yeah, do we want to get married or not? And their parents also are thinking, do I need to push them to get married or not? <laughs> <laughs> so culturally, I think we need more time to understand what that means and what that would bring us. you've said that culturally things still need to change but how accepting would you say society as a whole is of the lgbtq plus community I, I think relatively of course it's friendly and also you know that if you don't bother me i would not <laughs> bother you <laughs> this yeah. type of the fortunately we don't have those kind of like extremists on the street would think okay the gay or the lesbian or the transgender we were going to attack them you know mm -hmm. in the u.s when i was studying there were horrible cases where oh, no. the lesbian couple just was shot in the parking lot by the strangers but fortunately we don't have that 
But、uh, I have to say, for Taiwan, you know, we are more collective society where families are very important. So I think right now the issues are within the family. Do you want it to tell your parents or not? If you tell the, your parents, how about you? Then your parents would come into the closet because the parents probably. Cannot share with their friends and all that. So I think for us, probably at this moment, is not so much about the law. It's more social acceptance、mm. and family acceptance. Because usually in the past, you will hear this thing say, "Oh, of course I support gay as long as my son is not gay." Right, right. <laughs> I think here is especially important this kind of issue. Yeah, I mean it's interesting about like the the family idea and then the thing about like oh passing on like your family. Family name and and bloodline and how that's important for a lot of people and sometimes then impacts how they feel about sexuality、yeah. and um in terms of the actual rights of people from the LGBTQ plus community I want to draw on your legal expertise and how equal would you say are the rights of a heterosexual person right now to someone from The LGBTQ plus community. The the law passed in 2019, so right now it's four years. Four、mm. years actually, we have some quite of progress. As you mentioned before, Taiwanese gay or lesbian can only marry to the people who in their country also allow same sex marriage. But this has been soft this、okay. year. That's great. Except China. But I think in the future, probably there will be cases, you know, because if Chinese marry to Taiwanese heterosexual couple will be accepted. Yeah. The only difference is they need to do the interview outside Taiwan. So I think the reason of the national security probably cannot stand. Interesting. <laughs> so now it is acceptable in Taiwan to marry someone of the same sex, even if it's illegal in their home country, apart from if. The Chinese. Yeah, the rationale is this has become our part of our legal order. So, in terms of other rights, then, for example, the artificial、uh, insemination. Yeah,、mm -hmm. law act is only allowed for the heterosexual married couple. Mm. It's not allowed for the single woman. Yes, well, I've、yeah. actually spoken about this briefly on my show before, but I was surprised when I when I found that out. And and what? Why do you think that hasn't changed? I I think that's that's very Taiwanese. You you need to get married and then have children in that order. So if you wanted to have children, then you need to get married. I think the、uh, old traditional classic. Idea is still there. Coming into again the importance of family and how it's like oh the right way that this has to be done. So do you think that would change? I think probably right now we I think Taiwan has the lowest birth rate、mm. or one of the one of the lowest for yeah, sure. Yeah, hopefully the policymakers they can all of a sudden realize <laughs> we need babies. Doesn't matter. No, yeah. <laughs> Gender and law has been your research area for many years. Over that time, you've carried out a lot of interviews and spoken with people from the LGBTQ plus community. What have been some of the biggest challenges that those you've spoken to face in Taiwan? In Taiwan, I I still think it's the their family and community family acceptance because right now you can easily friendly community. They are NGO supported. Uh, mm. Very supported NGO. They are graduate school study focusing on gender and all that. But family, family is your daily survival, and I find that's often still it's the issue. Family could 
nurture you, but family can destroy you as well. Yes. No? So for Taiwanese, I think this is still one of those、um, difficult issues. When it comes to LGBTQ plus families in Taiwan, I remember reading some accounts in one of your papers about what they, how they felt being being a family from this community. One of the accounts that you included in your research was how a same-sex couple and their children. And how they wanted their kids to go to a public school and not like a private school because they wanted to see that、yes. this is a normal family、yes. and not to you know think it's strange or judge、yes. or whatever not not to go to a special school. Yes, yes. Yeah, I think they are. Yeah, they are this kind of personal effort、mm. to wanted to show it's going on kind of like coming out of the closet. So there are cases where. People they have resources and they of course they evaluate the issues and they wanted to show、mm. that we are also a part of the community and yeah they cho- chose to go to the、yeah. public school and it was only recently in May of this year that same sex couples were given the right to jointly adopt a child that neither of them are related to. Why was it that, despite allowing same-sex marriage in 2019, that it took another four years for equal rights adoptions to happen? Why do you think that it was like that? It's it was、uh, bargaining, as in、uh, any other society, the same, no? I mean, for example, when I write the papers, I know what's the standard answers, but in a democratic countries, you need to vote and you need to get the majority votes. In order to pass the law, and I think that was obviously the result of the referendum we had before.、Mm. I don't know if you are aware of this. Through the judicial interpretation, constitutional court decision in 2017, they say, okay, you have to find a way to offer same-sex couple to to marry freely. But in what way? The Congress, you can decide. So they le- they left out two years period of time. For the Congress, for the Parliament here to decide to amend the civil law or to、uh, have a separate law, but within these two years, there was a referendum, and this referendum there were five questions, but two or three related to marriage. So I think at that time, the majority actually voted no, not、mm. to amend the civil law. So I think that means the society was not yet ready. And therefore, when you have a draft and sending in the parliament, they also have to consider: okay, if we want the full package, then maybe we will not get the majority vote. That's、mm. the, I suspect that this、mm. is really. Then of course it's a bargaining. Interesting. Do we wanted to? So let's get first、more. get this in, and, and then, then later or, on try. Yeah, maybe because you are. I can imagine if you insist on the whole package, not going to change anything, then maybe it will not get passed. So kind of strategic as such. Yes, I would、mm. say so. And when it comes to transgender rights and those who are non-binary, what are some of the restrictions on the current binary legal categories in Taiwan? Right now, we only have two legal. Category: Men and women. And if you wanted to、uh, change your legal gender marker, you need to have your sexual organs removed. This was regulated by、uh, executive order. It's not a law. It was there was no law at all in Taiwan. But when you go to the household registration hall, like oh, if I wanted to change my address, they'll give you a form. Ah,、oh, I lost my ID. They'll give you a form. I want to change my gender. They give you a form. But there is no law saying that. Oh, can you change it? And therefore, the Minister of Interior Affairs they issue executive order to say, okay, 
if uh, they want to change the gender, you have to ask this, this, this. Two statement from the doctor saying that in the past, huh? mm-hmm. saying that uh, gender disorder kind of has to be diagnosed of such, such. And then you have to remove the se- original sexual organs. But this was done not based on the law, only an executive order. So this is the current status. But there was one case in Taoyuan, the party bring the suit to the administrative court and got the positive result. So she did not have removal. Uh, mm-hmm. She didn't have any surgery, but she did have the hormone therapy and also the, the doctor's nose uh, statements and all that. And then administrative court, the higher court of administrative in Taipei say, okay, Taoyuan registration household household registration uh, lost. So the person got to change uh, her legal gender to women. Mm. Only one case. Wow. Okay. Only one. Then you will expect, if it's in a common law country, you will expect. Then the other judge should probably also follow. Oh, well, yeah. But, but actually, yeah, because and we no, are not. they haven't. No, no. We, we are not this kind of country. So there's another court, the same case, Similar case in Kaohsiung, but they did a completely different judgment. But then the party appeal. So now the highest administrative court of Taipei just last week issued, uh, made a judgment saying that, okay, you need to rethink about this. So kind of opens up to the, the lower down, yes. to the other yeah. um, judicial part. Yes, okay, yes. so they need to reconsider. Reconsider because, yeah, because this affects individuals' yeah. personal right, the body autonomy. And now, without the law, you wanted to ask them to remove the sexual organ. That w- that would really infringe on the basic rights. So this is not okay. Was there anything specific about that first case that you mentioned that was successful that allowed them? Why why did why did they say yes that time? Because they draw on theories from right. German Germany saying that uh, we should have gender self determination mm-hmm. rights is including in our mm-hmm. constitution, and mm-hmm. then the did a very thorough analysis. I mean, I wrote the academic paper, but I'm not the judge. The judge, he did a very thorough analysis to say our constitution, Taiwanese constitution, also protect gender self-determination. Well, that's good. Seems like it's hopefully going in the right direction. If you are transgender and say you want to remove your organs, have have, um, surgery, is there any support from the government? Like financial support? No, this is not no. included in the health uh, system. Right. So, so this is that you have to again, pay for yourself. Exactly. So this is again the other issue. Yes. Yeah, because then it's like, oh, if you have to go without surgery, but you can't afford it, then you can't change your sex on your exactly. identity card. Exactly. And again, as well, in terms of being non-binary, that's that's not an option either, is it? If on your ID card. No. So in case if you're not listening, yet. yeah, and you don't know, but. If you have a Semvenzhen, which is the Taiwanese ID card on the back, you have to have your gender. You also have your, your partner's name on there, right? Some other things. But you have to write male or female. There's no option to write. Not yet. No, yeah. And actually, in 2021, I helped the administrative yuan to do a research on the how do we legalize, because there was no law. So mm. how do we legalize the gender change matters, issues? And yeah, my suggestion is yes add another category. <laughs> What's Chinese for non-binary? Fei er yuan. But mm-hmm. yeah, the question now is 
what should we name? What should we put it? So it it's it Feiyuan is really tr- directly translated from English.、Mm. And there are people saying X or yeah, but that's English. So we are thinking about that. And kind of brings us on again to the limitations of the binary genders. There's a really interesting case called the Wu Wu marriage case. Can you tell us about that? This case actually happened in 2013. They both were transgender. They were actually activists. Mm-hmm. Who are in the trans movement in Taiwan, and they both had the surgery. And one, one of them first changed their legal gender to women. They originally the they birth assigned gender were men. So now we have two IDs, one man and woman. So then they get married, and then after the marriage, the legal man <laughs> changed his gender to women. So then actually before two thousand nineteen, so. I think that case demonstrate very interesting things. Is one's gender, who can decide gender? Only individual knows who you are, and if you have done, if you wanted to do the surgery or not. Actually, there is no system directly link your current status of gender to the legal gender. There、mm. is no link between the hospital and the household registration. Then the question is, okay. If we wanted to reveal some information to the government, just for the sake of、uh, public matters, who decide your gender and how?、Uh, one decides her own gender or his own gender. Then, when you apply for the legal change, say when you write down, can the state say no? But you are not this gender. <laughs> Based on what? Huh? I think that's right now the the issue.、Mm. And so that case, the reason why it came to attention was because there were questions about whether it was valid. Still, was that、yes. what, okay? Yeah. All of a sudden, they receive a letter from the Minister of、mm. uh, Interior Affairs saying, like, "Oh, you have to come. You cannot be both women and then married." But then there was a lot of petition and also expert meeting and all that,、mm. saying that. When you go through the civil law code, there is no provision saying you can withdraw their marriage,、mm-hmm. yeah, registration. So then, in the end, it was successful, and yeah, they they stay their marriage was still valid. Yes, which was great. And lastly, as we're coming to the end of our time, there's a great analogy that you make between Taiwan's right to self-determination and its citizens' right to self-determination. What were your words exactly? Yeah, before we say gender. Identity disorder, right? They say. I mean, the, it's it's a kind of a sickness. But today, I think according to the WHO ICD-11 standard, they say, oh, this is just after years of years of research, your、uh, assigned gender at birth and your gender identity is incongruent. This is common.、Mm-hmm. It's also a part of our, our human experiences. So right now, they say this is not a sickness. Oh, please go ahead and review your medical system and all that to the member members. But of course, Taiwan is not invited by the WHO. Yeah. <laughs> but but what I wanted to say is so when you look at yourself, you you have this ah、oh, what what gender I belong to. So this we call it gender identity. But the other people sees you and then view you say ah、oh, beautiful hair oh she must be a woman. I think this is out from the outside category, and when these two views are different and it has an incongruence, it's kind of then it will cause a lot of internal problems for the party. And I somehow see 
the status of Taiwan is very similar to this. Taiwanese, I think we are still deciding who we are,、mm-hmm. and a part of us think we are I don't know Chinese Taipei, others think we are Republic of China, and some of us think we are Taiwanese Taiwanese. But the world, the United Nations. Or the major, most of the countries only recognize one China, People's Republic of China, and view Taiwan as something else. Although right now, current in current, yeah, like the, in the past five years, I think、uh, worldview probably people have changed a lot. So that's why I I think Taiwanese are I think have this potential to understand how awkward that would be. If I wanted to dress like this, I wanted to hold my national flag. That's my choice, but the other would say no. You cannot. You have to hold the Chinese Taipei flag. I think we firsthand we learn this is a very painful experience. You don't get to decide who you are, and I just hope that Taiwanese can be more aware of the trans community. That's also Taiwanese. They are struggling just as、uh, our nation, and also all the Taiwanese are struggling. We need time to decide and also to understand who we are, and then how we are going to interact with the other. I think it's a really clever example. It makes a lot of sense.、Yeah? I think, yeah, and I think as well to people who maybe understand about, hey, I'm Taiwanese, I'm not Chinese. It would also this analogy kind of helps to understand. Yeah. If someone's not being as accepted, yeah, as because sometimes it's really annoying. You have to explain yourself yeah. so yeah. many times. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me today. I really、you. enjoyed chatting with you. Me too. And thank you for listening to Hot Stuff. See you next week. Bye. Bye.